Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello friends and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by your good friends at Foco.com. They uh, just dropped that Joe Kelly joint for pre-order. It's sold out, but anytime that you want to get any of that good, you know, the good knickknacks, bobbleheads, shirts, slides, stuff for your desk, stuff for your golf clubs, even for stuff for camping if you like to camp. If you go to Foco.com and you use the promo code BleedLossPod10 at the end of your to, to acquire your purchase, you will save up to 10% on your purchase for being a loyal listener to this year's podcast. So, huge thanks to them. As always, terms and conditions do apply. Please see their website for more details. But huge shout out and a huge thanks to Foco for always supporting this podcast. It's also brought to you by our good friends at TicketIQ.com. They like to save you money. They like people going to baseball games. This is a baseball podcast. We like going to baseball games. We like saving money going to baseball games. So TicketIQ.com is the perfect solution for that. Now, to, this is a little different to get your deal. So if you go to either uh, BleedLosPodcast.com uh, or DodgersBeat.com, there's going to be a link tree. Click on the option for TicketIQ.com. It'll direct you to their website. Search all the games, home, away. Maybe you want to go to a, to this Padres series down in San Diego this weekend. Well, search there. Or this week, I'm sorry. Search there. For being a loyal listener and using that link, you will save some money on your purchase. Again, terms and conditions do apply. Please see their website for more details. But huge shout out to TicketIQ.com. This week it was uh, Juan and I rolling solo, and uh, kind of, because it was the two of us, and uh, and we just catch up. It's been a minute since we've done this. We talked some baseball, talked uh, some really preseason, or postseason stuff, excuse me, as well. So uh, all around good conversation. So on that note, here's another edition of the Bleed Lose Podcast. Hey fans, this is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, and you are listening to the Bleed Lows Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan, with the babyface gimmick in the sky, Roger. Juan, it's it's uh it's been a moment since we've uh just done one with you and I. Uh babyface gimmick in the sky is out on uh, out on assignment, but it's just you and I. And uh, and let's not forget the last time we talked, it was doom and gloom. Now the Dodgers are just went nine and one in, in this run. And but before we get into that, I, I wanted to uh, to begin with some doom and gloom, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> and uh, let's just get the Trevor Bauer stuff out of the way. Trevor Bauer had himself a hearing, and he won the hearing, but I think he lost anyway, just because he literally won nothing else to begin with, but also. I feel like it kind of gave MLB and the Dodgers recourse to move ahead legally with what they're doing uh, as far as, you know, the suspension and whatnot. And so, I mean, no matter what, this is going to be kind of a a messy situation regardless, because they're going to grieve the Dodgers whenever they do whatever. Right. And, and I think, and we were talking about a little off air, I also think that the Dodgers, to a certain degree, are, are hopeful that Rob Manfred does something before 
they do as well. So that way he's kind of the bad guy. And then they, you know, they can be like, oh, well, we're just kind of following precedent. It's been reported that that Dodgers players, the leaders, the Justin Turners, the Clayton Kershaw's of the world, Max Muncy's of the world, do not want Mr. Bauer back in the clubhouse. I wouldn't be surprised if that's 100% true because of the caliber of guys those guys are. How ugly do you think this is going to get? I, I'm gonna. I think it's gonna get really ugly, and that's that's my big concern, Alonzo, and that's the question that I have, and that is August 27th is a very important date because they have extended his leave once again to August 27th. Now, one of the things that I do want to specify to our listeners here is that this Bauer case was to extend the restraining order. It wasn't a criminal investigation. This hearing was specifically just to extend the restraining order. So even though the judge has decided that they're not going to extend the restraining order, we still have to deal with the fact that the Pasadena PD is still investigating him for possible criminal charges. And that's where the Dodgers are in a really tough situation because let's say August 27th comes along. They don't extend it anymore. Major League Baseball does nothing. Do the Dodgers let Bauer come right back into the locker room? Do the Dodgers then go ahead and release Bauer and just eat the money? Because that's a lot of money that they're going to owe him. I mean, my concern is this, this is now going to become a distraction. It's going to become a distraction in the heat of a pennant chase because lo and behold, doom and gloom, we were all talking about, well, the Dodgers should just get ready for the wild card and get Bueller ready. Well, the Dodgers now are only two and a half games out with a little less than 40 games remaining. So, and the Giants are, are, are you know, they're going to have a, a tough couple of series coming up. So there is a possibility that the Dodgers could catch them. But I do think this is going to get very ugly. I think this is going to get ugly on on the Bauer side. I think Bauer's representation, they're going to do everything possible because they're going to, they want to get their money. And the fact that the Dodgers have been quiet about this, I mean, I don't know if you heard, but Andrew Friedman recently gave an interview on ESPN 710 where he was saying that they didn't know anything about it and that they just know as much as we know, which I don't, I don't buy. Now, they may not know specifically the details, but they knew about his history. And if they didn't know about what happened in Ohio, as was reported by the Washington Post, then that's a bad on the Dodgers. So I am I am very curious to see come August 27th, if Major League Baseball decides not to do anything. And that's going to then force the Dodgers. Do the Dodgers let him back in the dugout? And I don't know. I forget what year this was, but it was. And we, we talked about it. I think we talked about it off air with Coletti. And that was the year that the last year that Grady Little was managing the Dodgers. And it was in that September where the team just imploded. And it came out later on that it was the veterans versus the, the young guys. And Grady Little even told Ned Coletti later on that he blames himself for this because he didn't handle it. So basically what caused the Dodgers to just play really crappy towards the end 
was there was internal turmoil in that dugout. I think this Bauer situation has the possibility to create some internal turmoil in that dugout because if the things are true about what they say, that nobody wants him back in that dugout and nobody, like, they don't press charges on him, the leave is not extended and he is able to play again. Now, the only thing that might save the Dodgers is Bauer's going to need time to get back into playing shit. Do you think he's been been throwing or anything like that right now? I hope for his sake he has. I uh, It should be noted also that according to the reporting that came out from the Washington Post, is uh, Washington Post's great reporting. I don't know why that was such a tongue twister. But the, evidently that protective order in Ohio was was issued under seal. So I don't think anyone would have known about that. So Okay. I, that's, so that's fair. That's fair. so. I, so I feel like that that one that one's okay. I'm cool with that. And what I mean by cool with that is I, I feel like the Dodgers are not at fault for that not being confounded upon them coming to a pact. Right now, it also should be noted that noted that the Dodgers do have recourse in this situation. The testimony at that hearing is likely enough to be used to void Bauer's contract for a couple of reasons. One of them, just like the NFL, the NBA, the standard uniform MLB contract, player contract, includes some specific language about, uh, uh, you know, circumstances related to things like this. And one of those things is, you know, it says in there that essentially the club may terminate the contract upon written notice to the player but only after requesting and obtaining waivers for this contract from MLB, other MLB clubs, if the player shall at any time fail, refuse, or neglect to conform to personal conduct, to the standards of good citizenship and or good sportsmanship to keep himself in first-class physical condition or obey the club's training rules. That's been used before for guys that have shown up out of shape, for guys that have Danny Nagel, Danny Nagel uh, back, I think it was 2014, I think, was was – was uh, released under these terms, right? Um, and also it includes, you know, fail in the opinion of the club's management to exhibit sufficient skill or competitive ability to qualify for uh, to continue as a member of the team. Uh, we, you know, we, we have heard other players kind of be used and released under that term as well, right? So, I mean, there's, there's recourse. You know, there, there is recourse that the Dodgers definitely have. The 27th, I think, is a very important date in the sense that I think there is no feasible, sustainable way on God's green earth that Trevor Bauer can return to that clubhouse. There's just no way. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to guarantee he will not go back to that clubhouse. Because if 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 we've gotten the rumblings that we've gotten, someone wanted that leaked on purpose. And that wanted to be leaked on purpose, so that way he got back to Trevor. That's why I don't think he's coming back. I also don't think that Dave Roberts would want that distraction in his clubhouse for what? That there'd be no win there. And lastly, you went out and you got Max Scherzer. You went out and made moves. And a part of that was subtraction by by addition as far as that situation went, right? Obviously, now you have Alex Fasaya as far as that goes. We have the diamond in the rough that uh, made his debut this week. Mr. Uh, his name escapes me right now because I'm thinking legalese. Guy from Utah. Um, 
Uh, Evanskin? Uh, I'll have to find his name here in a second. The relief pitcher? or the, the Well, it was that bullpen game, and he was the second guy. Out. Oh, Andre Jackson. Andre Jackson, thank you. Sorry, I'm horrible with names. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Um, anyway, I mean, they, they, thankfully now they've they've kind of righted the ship, right? And so, so where that puts the Dodgers in in kind of what could be tumultuous waters is, I don't think they're worried about the money. They, uh, from everything that I've kind of heard, it doesn't sound like they're worried about the money. What they're more worried about is him dragging it out. Is kind of the vibe that I've gotten. And I think to your point, I think that's where the side is going to get ugly, right? Because it, they're going to want to drag it out to try to get as much of that money as they can. Here, where where I think if there's any sort of you know sign of unity, is that both the Dodgers and MLB and MLBPA have all been on board with extending those things. Because if, if I mean, if we've learned anything, MLBPA doesn't like to play fair sometimes. But in this case, the fact that they are agreeing with them on extending that. That's good. I mean, a part of the reason I think they're willing to extend it is because the player is getting paid. But outside of that, I, one thing I do know about PA is they're not usually down to have those sorts of conversations and be like, okay, yeah, let's suspend this guy. No, we're not going to do that. So even with Denny Nagel, they filed a grievance for him. And I can't remember what the number was, but I do know that he was making like $20 million and they ended up paying a good chunk of that. So I don't know, man. I, I'm, I think they're going to terminate the deal. Because they're going to cite one of those those paragraphs. The one that sticks out to me is paragraph one in, in seven section B of the, if you want to look at an MLB contract, that's where it's at. And, and I think it'll also be citing section two of that because players don't want them there. And at the end of the day, if that's the case, they don't want them. Damn. But I mean, he put himself in this situation and he also put the Dodgers in this situation. That, that's one thing that cannot escape us. It's one thing you have to remember when you're a franchise player of any kind, whether you're coming up through the system or you're already an established star, you can't do this. You can't do this sort of stuff because then it puts everyone in a predicament, including your representation, yourself, and your team. So now it's the consequence phase, right? And let's also not forget the most, and you, you emphasize this, there is still a pending investigation. So it's super possible this dude gets charged and it further gives the Dodgers recourse as far as what to do. Now, do we know what's going to come of that? I, we don't know. But I mean, even as it stands now, I, I do feel like the Dodgers, and again, I'm not a bar certified attorney. I, I I do have a legal background, but I never took the bar. But I will tell you that, I mean, based on how you know everything went down, I don't see how the Dodgers don't have recourse whatsoever. And for me, that's the thing that stands out. So now I think we just play that waiting game until the 27th. And you know what? The 27th is this Friday. So that could either be a really good or a really bad day. And how ironic that his number is 27. But <laughs> this is where we're at. Uh, speaking of doom and gloom, Cole Hamels. See ya. <laughs> my man, my man made zero appearances for the Los Angeles Dodgers, but I'm not worried about that necessarily. It's, you know, cause it was low risk, high reward kind of deal, right? Or high risk, high reward. But uh, what, what uh, is there anything that kind of worries you about pitching right now? I'm just kind of curious because it's been, it's been an interesting ride the last ten games. So I'm kind of curious to hear your take on it. What can, concerns me is the bullpen games. Uh, I mean, they've concerned me earlier, and I mean the bullpen has been great. They they've absolutely just have been fantastic. 
but we are now getting close to September and it doesn't look like these bullpen games are going to end. And this is why it concerns me. Blake Trinan has been lights out. He has been fantastic. And then he got hit. He got hit on Saturday. He gave up. a. a and look, you could say that happens. You know, you're always, you're going to get hit every once in a while. But part of me just makes me wonder is did Blake trying to get hit that time because of the usage is Blake trying maybe getting a little bit higher because anytime there is a high leverage situation in a ball game, no matter what inning six, seven or eight Blake trying is the guy who Dave Roberts turns to. So that's something that is concerning to me. Uh, Phil Bickford, who's just been fantastic. I mean, I don't think you can give the Dodgers enough flowers for how they fix that guy because that guy had gotten released by the Milwaukee Brewers and then the Dodgers found a way to fix him and he's been rock solid and then he got hit today. So it's just one of those things where I'm curious is if these guys who had been pitching really well and it just could be like it happens you're you were due when you get on a hot streak like that you're due to give up some runs occasionally but I am concerned is if that is a sign that maybe this bullpen is starting to tire. Now, Julio Diaz is supposed to come back on Tuesday. So that gives us three legitimate starters to get to the rest of the season. David Price, I think, has been doing a commendable job. He, he did not look very good today, but for the most part, he's giving you some innings. But again, that just... Anytime David Price pitches, it's a bullpen game. And then on top of that, you have a bullpen, another bullpen game after that. So I'm hoping, you know, we're not there yet. The word is Danny Duffy, I think, was supposed to be ready by September. Now I'm hearing maybe mid-September. Kershaw has now started playing catch. Uh, according to Roberts, he's actually throwing the ball, but... Who knows how long it's going to take Kershaw to get ramped up again. They're talking about now Roberts is saying we'd be lucky if we get Kershaw in mid-September. Gonsolin, I don't know what's going on with Gonsolin. I don't know. I mean, you have Gonsolin out there and it's just the equivalent of David Price. It's just another bullpen game. So for me, I, I, I want to give the bullpen its flowers because they've been doing a fantastic job. I mean, the job that Mitch White did against the pirates on Wednesday. Uh, that was just uh, amazing. But sooner or later, I, I just think in terms of trying to catch the giants, I, I, it might catch up to us. Now, if you get into the postseason, if you can get past a wild card game, I think it then becomes less of an issue, but right now to try to catch the giants, I, I am concerned about the number of bullpen games. I will say this about the Dodgers bullpen. Since the start of baseball second half, Dodgers relievers lead all National League bullpens in war, and they've been especially reliable in August. They're eight and two after today. So as far as that goes, I mean, and I'm and you know this, I'm not a sabermetrician guy. I hate sabermetrics, drives me nuts, launch angle, all that shit drives me insane. But if there's one thing that we cannot doubt about this Dodgers bullpen, they're coming into their own. And even when they get into a little bit of trouble, they really know how to manage the damage, if that makes sense. Now, today, obviously, they got rocked a little bit. But 
I think it's one of those things too, where you're not going to win every game. You're, you're just not going to win every game. They just got their asses kicked, you know, or, or the Mets just got their asses kicked in two out of three. So, you know, the, the last thing they want to do is like, nah, we're, we're going to go down fighting. I'm cool with that. I can live with that. Um, you know, and, but I mean, it gives the offense a lot of wiggle room. Mitch White gave that offense a lot of wiggle room the other day. He went seven and a third, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, and so it's, how often do you see a guy get called out for a spot start and then carried into, you know, seven and a third doesn't really happen. So, you know, for me, it's like, it could always be the worst, you know, the worst case scenario at some point, obviously, you know, I mean, they're, they're lucky that they have that depth that they have. If they didn't have that depth that they had, then obviously it'd be a different story, especially with the consistency of the bullpen. But, but I mean, like you said, Victor Gonzalez, Phil Bickford, even Bruce Dargraderall, Alex Fasaya and Blake Trinan, they, they held the Mets scoreless for two nights. So again, at the end of the day, they're, they're still going out there and doing their job. It's just a matter of time before someone's going to see their stuff and be like, oh, okay, boom. It's just that adjustment, right? But at the end of the day, this is a completely different bullpen than we were talking about even a few weeks ago. I mean, when you and I were watching the game at, uh, at the, uh, the beer works, like that, that was rough. That was rough stuff against those giants. But now it seems like they may have flipped the switch. Some, you know, obviously baseball is a cyclical game and it's all changed. And I mean, let's not forget too. I mean, when you add a Bruce star Gratterall who throws a casual 100, you get a Victor Gonzalez back. Who's got a filthy left hand, everything. That's not bad. And then Alex, Versailles, I mean, we kind of talked about him in our group text, but we haven't had a chance to do one of these. It was only a matter of time before they were going to call him up. Whether it was September or whether it was when they called him up a week or two ago, they were going to call him up regardless at some point. So, I mean, that's how good he was being down at AAA. I, I, I'm not mad about it. You know, I do think Kershaw is going to need one or two starts to kind of get him ready for the postseason. Danny Duffy, I assume, is kind of in the same boat. I don't know a lot about Duffy's uh, um, uh, kind of regimen, but if I know anything about Kershaw, he's going to need one or two starts. So whether they're rehab, whether they're up here, whatever level, I know he's going to need them. Regardless, you still have a legit one, two, three, even if Kershaw can't go. And Walker, Scherzer, and ODS. So even if you have to wait until after the, you know, because I mean, at this point, this team is for sure trying to win the division. And I, I'm cool with that. Because I mean, a wild card doesn't get guaranteed anything because it's just a one game playoff and it's a, it's a coin flip. So if, and they're close enough where they're, you know, they're, they're there, right? I mean, they were one and a half last night. So it, it's one of those things where they're going for the division and they have the depth now to go for the division and they got Corey back, you know, they got belly back and belly's been hitting it and seeing the ball pretty well. And then you throw in their Mookie Betts is feeling pain-free for the first time since the season started. That's insane. And then we're going to be getting Kershaw back and Danny Duffy back. And that's before we even talk about any of these September calls. You'll probably have Andrew Jackson back, probably have Mitch White back. Well, they'll be able to mitigate that because September is literally nine days from now. So they, they have that flexibility where they can kind of give some guys a breather, but they're not going to take that pedal off the gas. I mean, if we saw anything today, even, even though that, you know, that first half of the game, that offense was abysmal, but they didn't take the pedal off the gas and here we are. So they're still making those adjustments because they know what's at stake. So I'm not overly worried about that, but I will say the thing that I am slightly worried about 
is who is come postseason, who who's going to be your your seventh, eighth, ninth guys, and that's obviously what we're about to learn, because you have Gratterall, you have Bickford, you have Gonzalez, you have Asai, you have Phillips, you have Andre Jackson, you have Mitch White, you know you have all these guys, and then when Kershaw comes back and Danny Duffy comes back, are you going to keep them in the rotation? Or are you going to throw them in the pen? And we haven't even talked about David Price yet. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's it, this is kind of what they wanted, right? They wanted to have that depth. So when it came to the postseason, here we are. But I, I did want to ask you something. Why do you think they sent Mitch White down so quickly? They sent him down because they're, hey, the guy pitched seven and a third. So he wasn't going to be used for sure in the next four days. Mm-hmm. They have an off day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have Urias, Bueller, and Scherzer. Then come th- Thursday, I mean, if the following Friday in Colorado, uh, who knows what kind of moves they're going to make because, again, are we going to have another type of bullpen game? But to my understanding, the reason why Mitch White got sent down was because he was not going to be used in the next uh, couple of days. And they had bullpen games that they were going to go with, especially on, on Sunday. Uh, but I, I hope that's a turning point for Mitch White. I know it was against the, the Pirates of all teams, but if Mitch White can, can pitch like that, if Mitch White can give you, look, I'm not expecting him to go seven and a third, but if Mitch White can give you six innings every time he goes out there, and keep you in the game, that's uh, that's impressive. So I hope Mitch White, I hope we see Mitch White back again. Uh, my concern about Kershaw is this. We were told that this was nothing, right? That this was just to give Kershaw some rest. Well, now, you know, we're getting into September and Kershaw's still not back. So, uh, you know, you're starting to hear whispers now that you're not even sure if you're going to get Kershaw back. So, yeah, I agree with you in the sense when you're in the playoffs and you have Bueller, Scherzer, and Urias, but once you start getting into a seven game, I mean, even nowadays lately in five-game series, you've been seeing them go with four-man rotations. So if the playoffs start, Who's going to be the fourth? Is it going to be David Price? You hope that Danny Duffy's back by then because then Danny Duffy could be the fourth. But realistically, what can we expect from Danny Duffy coming back from an injury in September? Is he going to be as sharp as he could be going into the playoffs? Well, I mean, so, I mean, that's why, and I don't know enough about the dude. Obviously, I know, you know, he's a nice guy, all that stuff, but I I don't know enough about the guy to know what, what, kind of his regimen is like because the reason i point out kershaw kershaw i I know for a fact because mark Pryor talked about it mark Pryor said you know hey you know i know there's hope that uh you know he'd be thrown off a mound soon etc whatever um you know but Pryor and and the medical staff are all dealing with it right and and i know they don't have a date yet but Pryor wouldn't let that dude throw from 120 feet just ripping it if he didn't think that there was some progress there right So we have to remember the reason he went on the DL or IL, excuse me, is because of elbow soreness. So obviously you want to nip that in the butt real quick. So it's, you know, if they're letting them rip it from 120 feet, because anyone that's ever done soft toss and then, you know, you do the long toss on your, on your other days, you know, that's, that's a big move, but I think they're also letting Clayton kind of 
right, you know, direct the ship. And you know what? He deserves that because he's been injury prone a little bit, but he, I know he, for sure, he doesn't want to come out too fast because if he comes out too fast and gets hurt again, well, then here we are. So I honestly think what, you know, long story short, the point that I'm making is I think he is building up arm strength. So that way he feels comfortable in the strength to use, you know, his, his repertoire of pitches in a way that won't hurt his elbow. And in that way, he doesn't get himself in a Tommy John situation because we have to remember this dude has not had Tommy John. So he wants to avoid it and I get it. So, and I know he's going into a free agent year. Yes. And, and full disclosure, I still think based off all the conversations we've had off the record on the record, I still think this dude's going to be a Dodger. So I'm not worried about that, but I know it's frustrating. And and I believe Clayton said it, they it's frustrating, but they still, said that it's nothing serious. And I believe them in this case that it's nothing serious because if Clayton's been being able to say it, then cool. But I, I think what it is more than anything, I think it's just that will inflammation. And the other part is he can be activated as soon as September 5th. So that means, you know, you would have at least probably a rehab start somewhere else and then do a major league, re, you know, start. And then by then we're, we're in the postseason. I think about David Price's, I David Price is such a luxury for this team right now that it's not even fair to him because he's kind of just being painted out to be this bullpen guy right now. But honestly, that dude is kind of running the bullpen. And what I mean by that is when they, when they run a bullpen game, he's the guy that starts it. Right. So they, you know, they want to start it with him and work their way down. And a part of that is the respect factor because he's not just some Joe Schmo. He's a Cy Young winner, but if anything, it kind of gives you the, indication as to where his position is in the clubhouse and that's huge so uh, that's why i i think he takes you know he's, he's taken for granted a little bit because of the things you know what he brings to the table and what he's bringing to this team because if it isn't for a guy like him you know walking around and helping these guys in the bullpen you know the mitch whites of the world the the Visayas, all that stuff they don't really see the the you know kind of you could talk about it but if you're not going to walk about it then that's why it's here right and that's where David Price comes in. David Price not only talks the talk, but he walks the walk. And he's been slowly building up that arm strength, kind of like we've been talking about Kershaw. And the dude's got good stuff. So I'm not, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they say, hey, Kershaw, we're going to we're gonna leave you out this first playoff series. And they start it with Walker, Max, and Julio, or even David, if Julio gets hurt. Wouldn't be surprised because that's that's how good he's been. Has he been hit a little bit? Sure. But he's still, you know, you have to remember he didn't pitch last year at all at this level. So, you you know, all that time away, you have to take that into account. I mean, for this week, they're, they, I mean, the way they've, they've already laid out the plans, ODS is supposed to be activated Tuesday. And uh, and that's the way it's trending, apparently, according to Dave. And the Walker Beeler would start Wednesday and Scherzer on Thursday. So if everything holds as, as plans, that's what I assume the postseason rotation to be assuming there isn't a setback with Clayton. But it wouldn't surprise me if they pulled Clayton from the bullpen either. Because if you have these three guys and they can go out there and nothing happens with Julio, I wouldn't be surprised if they use Duffy and Clayton out of the bullpen. But then who are you two odd guys out? You know what I mean? That's the issue. I mean, with, you know, depth is cool, but you still run into, okay, then who are we going to clip? And Joe Kelly's hurt. Let's not forget that either. He was out because of COVID. He had a rehab start, uh, I believe, Saturday. 
today, I believe. Today, oh no, he had one Friday and today. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and so at some point they're going to activate him during the during the Padre season as well. So somebody else is going down. So again, it's and and let's not forget Scott Alexander and Garrett Clevenger are they're currently in Arizona and they're a ways away, is what Dave said. So I expect out of all those guys, Scott Alexander, I think is going to be made to the to the sixty day. So if that happens, then what do they do there? You know what I mean? So it's there's going to be a litany of moves that happen in the next week that's going to give an idea of what's going on. But September 1st, they're either going to call everyone up to give everyone kind of a breather or they're going to stay pat and not take their foot off the gas pedal. I think it's going to be a little bit of both just to kind of keep the dynamic going. Um, but I, I was curious to hear something from you. So... Dodgers go nine and one. It wasn't a bad week. Uh, in my opinion, it was a great week. I'm not going to complain about that loss today. Who stood out to you this week? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I just love watching Trey Turner play. Uh, Trey Turner is just. The he's, flash. Uh, the, the flash, whatever you want to call him. I, I believe Kenley Jansen nicknamed him PlayStation. Yeah. But I mean, he he's just a lot of fun to watch, you know, Muncie, you, you, you know, it's so funny, you know, at the beginning of the season, I said I was concerned about Muncie. Well, Muncie totally proved me wrong. So, I mean, those guys really impressed me. But I want to digress just real quick because this just popped into my head because we're just talking about the pitching and the question marks, especially with with the starting pitching. I. I know you think he's gone, that there's no way he's coming back into that dugout. But baseball has proven that it is an amoral sport. So just hear me out on this, Alonzo. I know this may sound completely nuts, but. Incredibly. I know where you're going if, with this, but okay. If the Pasadena PD comes out this week and says they're not going to press charges against him, and Major League Baseball decides to do nothing, and the Dodgers have this need for pitching. And let's say, I mean, I doubt it, but let's just say Bauer has been continuing throwing. And maybe he only needs a couple of rehab starts before he can go out there. The Dodgers need him, and they could definitely use him down the, the in the stretch drive. Now, the reason why I'm only bringing this up is there are still a lot of fans that support him. There's a lot of fans that believe that he's been falsely accused, that he has done nothing wrong, that he is innocent until proven guilty. I was at the game. I was at Dodger Stadium on Wednesday. I'm not going to lie. I'm walking back to my car, and I saw someone wearing a Trevor Bauer shirt. He was wearing a Trevor Bauer jersey at the game. So there are a lot of fans that support him that think this guy's not done anything wrong. There's nothing that you've proven to me. Is there any possibility that the front office decide, well, we have nothing on him. We can't. He's not getting charged with anything. He no longer has the restraining order. I know the Julio situation was different. I know Julio didn't end up pitching for the rest of that season. But then Julio did come back and the team completely embraced him. And it's a completely different story. Do you think there is absolutely no chance that they embrace Bauer if all these other things happen? Or 
are they already preparing what you had said that they're going to fight him to try to get as much money back from him? So two-parter, right? So first yeah. one, they're absolutely, there is no way they will let that guy back in the clubhouse. I don't, okay, but let, let's say, let's say if they did, what do you think the fan reaction would be? I'm sure every columnist in the LA times will take the Dodgers to task and say we're they're wrong. But what do you think the, fa- how the fan base would react? I mean, listen, the fan base, I mean, here's the thing too, that I've kind of noticed is it, and granted Twitter is a deep, dark place. <laughs> so, so I, 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 I don't, uh, I, I have, and, and hard- I'm not necessarily talking about Twitter. I'm talking about the fans that go to the games. Right. I mean, here's the thing, man is so, I mean, you and I have been to a game and busy games and, I didn't see one Trevor Bauer mentioned anywhere, right? That's the first one that I know you've seen. I was very surprised when I saw yeah. it. I'm not going to lie. I was like, this guy is wearing a Trevor Bauer jersey. The reason he I, wore it to the game. Yeah, that's ballsy. I mean, I mean hey, you know, you're better. You're, you're, you're ballsier than I am. I'll say that. Um, given that Dodgers fans have not necessarily embraced him publicly. And what I mean by that is you don't see the public support at the stadium free Trevor, you know, signs, you know, shit like that. You don't really see it. The testimony itself is damning. If you listen, if you've read the transcript, it's incredibly damning because the other thing that stands out from, for me is he invoked the fifth. And then a part of that is they essentially didn't deny what happened. Let's not forget that's that's the strategy that his legal representation has taken. They're inclined to do so. They're well within their rights, the whole bit. For me, as far as the legalese and then the real life separation, it doesn't really separate in this case. It, because again, we've just been informed that there is this this protective order of 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 sorts that was that was issued under seal. That's your second strike. So for me, that's enough. For me, that's more than enough that I don't think as a fan that he should be allowed there because at the end of the day, we have to remember in order to play the game of baseball, it's a privilege. It's not a right. Just like if I, you know, you know the things that I do for work. If I were implicated in situations like that, I would no longer have the privilege to do things that I do. And I believe the same standards should be, because in my opinion, And I know a lot of people don't think this, but if you have a public platform, to a certain degree, you are held to a slightly higher standard than the average Joe Schmo. Not even because of the money that you're making, but because you're you're a known person, right? And in this case, not only did you embarrass yourself, you embarrass your employer. And a part of that is the culture of that clubhouse. And then the fans. And I haven't really seen a lot of fans really... I haven't really seen a lot of fans support him, if I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Now, I mean, have I seen some? Yeah, I've seen some, but they're not affluent. And what I mean by that is they don't have a following. They don't have, you know, uh, you know, their job doesn't rely on the things they say on the internet. And, and you know, granted, most of the people that we've talked to about that Clubhouse vibe, if you recall, you know, a lot of people just, just, just dodge it. We're not even going to touch it. We're not going to do that, whatever. So for the people that have touched it, you know, it's still kind of with the slippery slope. Even in our case, we're still kind of treating it with the slippery slope because we have to remember this dude's life is kind of hanging in the balance because of a pending investigation. For me, though, 
based on how they went about it legally and what they have in court, and that's on record, this dude did all that stuff. There's no denying it. And now they're just trying to character assassinate to help their defense. That's why, to me, that's enough to be like, nah, can't walk back in the stadium, man. That's just me. That's just me, though. Granted, I'm probably not a great person for that take. But at the end of the day, in his case, the pictures have been leaked. Other stuff has been leaked. And now we know about this other protective order and and, and the alleged things that came with it. Nah, man. Like, I, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. But, I mean, at the end of the day, there's no way. There's absolutely no way this dude can get back into the stadium or the clubhouse without maybe getting some stuff thrown out. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm sorry that I went left there. I just, it, I just, it just hit me that I had seen that guy wearing the Trevor Bauer jersey at Dodger Stadium, and you know we've seen it before. You know when teams sign guys that use steroids, you know it's, it, you know people have short memories. People are willing to put things aside. Hell, the Dodgers did that when they signed Bauer in the offseason. They didn't take into account the reports of him harassing women, bullying women online. Well, they, they also you, signed Manny Ramirez. Let's not forget my man got true. caught up with steroids. So that's why I that's why I'm saying. I mean, if the 27th is next Friday, so we're gonna know. And I'm just curious if if Pasadena PD comes out and says we got nothing. And the 27th comes and Manfred's like, look, I got nothing. I have nothing that I can do to hold this guy out. This guy should play. Is it? It's easy for me to say because it's not my money, but the, the Dodgers could sit there and be like, you know what? We can use this guy right now. We're throwing bullpen games every fourth and fifth day. If this guy can pitch, if this guy can help us, because the name of the game is to win a championship. Yeah, I'm just curious to see how fans are going to react to that. Are fans going to care if, like, what if Bauer all of a sudden comes out there and he starts pitching really well? Are we going to just forget about all of this? Well, and the thing is, too, if we're 100% honest, that we haven't even talked about. Um, Trevor Bauer, or rather the Dodgers, have been kind of mum on this. And what I mean by that is, is they haven't necessarily put out anything you know one way or the other and that's fine that they're 100 entitled to do that because there is a pending investigation the whole bit but regardless even with them not doing anything they're damned if they're due and they're damned if they don't and that's that's a super unenviable position to be to be put in I, i i just don't see for the life of me any way any way that the dodgers bring him back I I can't think of a plausible unless he's completely vindicated. If he's acquitted, vindicated, however, uh, you know, whatever, whatever step they end up on. Um, you know, and, and it turns out that this was all a sham, blah, blah, blah. Then if anything, we have to apologize, right? But you know, it, to me, the likelihood of that happening based on how they went about it is not great. So for me. I just don't see how they go about it. And win, lose, or draw, you have the two best pitchers of a generation on your team. You have a dude that could be an ace tomorrow for any rotation if they acquired him in Julio Diaz and Walker Buehler. And we haven't even got to, they have David Price on their roster. They have all these gems that they found. So I'm not necessarily worried about that. And they acquired Danny Duffy. 
So really Cole Hamels was just insurance of some kind that they were willing, again, they guaranteed him a million dollars for the Dodgers, not a lot of money, but it still counts against something because they signed him to a major league deal. So money isn't necessarily the entirety of everything with these guys, because these guys also understand how to take a calculated risk. And if we know anything about these guys, there's a reason why they went about the deal the way they did instead of just giving them a three-year deal like they did to Clayton Kershaw or, you know, to, to any of these guys, there's a reason that they go about it the way they do. And that's why Andrew Freeman's so damn good because if there was any worry there, I don't think that they would have given him the opt-outs unless there was something else. Right. And the fact they even gave him that unique deal kind of tells me that they're like, okay, like, let's just do this maybe just in case. And if, if you have to bite the bullet on that, hey, then so be it. Because they had to do the same thing with Manny. You know, they had to bite that bullet when he got busted. So it's, it, it's, all, it's all relative. It's just all a calculated risk. I just don't see any way they'd let that dude back into a state. I mean, at that point, you may as well just sign Jose Altuve to a deal too. <laughs> Honestly. Because again, if, if it were someone, if it were anyone else, and they were in the same predicament and they wanted to free them of, you know, the whole, you know, Hey, free, you know, free the homie. You know, we've all seen that. I mean, we're from California. Um, no one's done that for this. dude, And that for me is huge because yeah, you see these people on Twitter doing whatever, but at the stadium, you do not see free Trevor Bauer, you know, release the homie, free the homie. You haven't seen any of that. And for me, that's huge. Because if there's one fan base that's for sure going to be backing someone when they get caught up in something, it's the Dodger fan base. And they haven't done that with Trevor Bauer, and that for me is a huge thing. But I'm going I'm to take another quick left turn so we can, we can start to wrap this up. Uh, if you didn't know, the Dodgers are about to start a series with the Padres. Your show pods won. Your show pods. The, uh, the Dodgers are currently in second. And the Padres are currently in third. Dodgers are about to activate Mookie Betts and Julio Diaz. So, damn, they're throwing the entire kitchen sink and everything at them. How do you see the series playing out? Because the Padres haven't been playing all that great either. Let's not forget. They haven't. But as we all know, they seem to show up for the Dodgers. Uh, I think the Dodgers win two out of three. Uh, I would be very, very curious because you Darvish was on the IL for the show pods, but they're activating him for this series. So for me, it seems uh, the show pods are going to come, you know, at the Dodgers full speed. Now the Dodgers are going to throw their best pitchers at them. If the Dodgers don't win this series, then I, again, this the way they're playing lately is that all for not because it's another disturbing trend that teams that have winning records teams that are in first place against their, their divisions the dodgers have a losing record against them these are teams that they're going to be facing in the playoffs so i think this series is very important i i think it's got to show that the dodgers can compete against these elite teams, so to speak. And especially with the show pods struggling right now, for them to go ahead and, and lose this series, I think would just be very, very discouraging. So I, I hope that the Dodgers go ahead and take care of business, especially with their, their three horses going in this series. And it's really important because the Giants, 
the Giants next week, they have the Mets uh, for the first three games. Uh, but then I think they play the Braves. Uh, I think they hit the Braves over the weekend. And don't look now, but the Atlanta Braves are playing really, really well. Really and they well. are now in first place in that division. And this is where I remind everyone that the Braves had a 3-1 lead in the NLCS last year. <laughs> and uh, if the Braves is. hadn't imploded, they might have been in the World Series. So we're looking at an Atlanta team that the Dodgers might have to face again in the postseason. So I think there is an opportunity because not only after Atlanta, then the Giants are going to play the, the Brewers. So there is an opportunity, especially now that the Dodgers are only two and a half games out, that as long as they take care of business, they can cut into that lead. And who knows, they might be in first place by the end of the week. One of the things we forgot to mention, Alonzo, is, uh, you know, friend to the carne asada, Ned Coletti, went on Sp Spectrum Sportsnet LA this weekend and predicted that the Dodgers were going to win the division by seven games. So obviously Ned is seeing something in this team. And hopefully this is something that they can continue you know, they ended up going six and one this week, you know, for then if they can go five and one next week, I'll take that. So I, I think it's very important for the Dodgers to continue this because now the clock is starting to run out. We are now we're like you said, we're going to be in September in about 10 days and that's it. You know, we, you still got to catch these guys because I don't want, to be in that wild card game that one, whether it's against the show pods, the Cincinnati reds are playing really, really well right now. They get red hot and anything can happen in one game. I mean, we saw what happened today with the Dodgers and the Mets, the I Dodgers hate, looked invincible. And then today they got their asses kicked. I hate the one card wild card game. I hate it. Do I get why they do it? Absolutely. Cause I'm going to watch it. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. I'm going to watch game 163 if there's a 163, and I'm going to watch the wild card games because I love baseball. In my humble opinion, and granted, I am now a, a, a not in playing shape, five foot 11, 200 and something pound dad. That, uh, uh, I mean, I hit 88 on the gun a little while ago. I mean, that was cool. <laughs> but this is the only thing I'm going to say about these next few series. The Dodgers cannot lose a series from here on out, I believe. They have three against the Padres, three against the Rockies, three against the Braves, and then they go into that series with the Giants, which is also three. And then who do they face after that Giants series? The Cardinals, who have also been balling out. And the possibility that they could face the Cardinals or the Giants or the Padres or even the Reds, who they face a little later in September, that's a very real possibility. And then they close out the season against the Padres and the Brewers. And the Brewers, by the way, have also been playing well. Uh, granted, a lot of things can change in 30 days. I, I thought Ned Coletti's uh, prediction was uh, ballsy. But you know what? We had the man on. He's a nice enough guy that he's allowed and entitled to his opinion. Um, but, uh, I mean, they have to win two of three for these next two series. They have to. Minimum. And, I mean, and even of that, the San Diego Padres, are, are they're kind of panicking right now. Like, the way they were talking after the game today is, uh, you know, hey, we just got to find a way. No excuses. And so that that tells me that it's either going to be one of two things to, uh, Tuesday. One, this off day is, an, is a nice reset for them. They're like, okay, let's not think about baseball today. 
and go do, you know, regular stuff and then go back to the stadium and see what happens Tuesday. Or they're going to dwell on it and it may linger and then that could play in the benefit of the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers have their horses going. All three of them pitched great in this, this last over this last week. Not worried about that. What I what I I personally am worried about is making sure the guys that have been kind of slumping stay hot. Cody Bellinger stays hot. Chris Taylor stays hot. For me, those are the big things because if you can keep those guys, I mean Trey Turner apparently is just going to keep continuing to be PlayStation because my God, like I didn't. And here's the thing about that dude: that dude is so good, but he was so good that no one talked about him in Washington. Yeah, I don't get it, man. I am so thankful that they traded him, but I don't understand why the Nationals wouldn't pay that man. No, I don't either. And you know what? And whether it's the Dodgers or not, someone's going to pay that dude. But I mean, you know, you know, keeping those guys and even Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols had himself a week, and he he, he the the contributions that that dude brings to this team. We can go on about it for hours. But if you can keep guys like that kind of hot, keep AJ Pollock kind of in a rhythm, kind of going, and then you know getting Mookie going, that's going to be huge because Corey Seager is starting to feel it. You can definitely tell that. Trey Turner's feeling it. I mean, my man is. He, I mean, you blink and he's already ran around the bases, and Max Muncy's feeling it. So for me, you know, it's it's a matter of keeping those guys going, and then keeping the bullpen going. Because you already know that for the most part, you know, Julio, it could be a question mark just because he's coming back from an injury. But out of those two other guys, Walker Beeler and Max Scherzer, we, we, you know, you know what you're going to get out of those guys. Barring something going sideways, you know what to expect. And, and they, you just have to kind of keep it going. And that's why for me, the bridge is such a big question mark going into the postseason because who is going to be your bridge? And usually now around this time is when you figure it out. But the difference is the Dodgers are still in the middle of a race. Hey, are we going to win the wild card? Hey, are we going to win the, the division? Blah, blah, blah. According to Ned, we're winning the division by a lot. So if that's the case, then then they should, you know, obviously they have the foot on the gas pedal and they're not taking it off anytime soon. But can I tell you, though, and this is me looking a little ahead, you know what series stands out to me? What? That series against the Giants. That series against the Giants is going to be huge because they're coming in after they play the Braves. And the Braves have been red hot, red, red hot. But the Giants have made it clear to anyone and everyone that'll listen, they are not worried about the Dodgers at all. And I'm surprised that they're publicly saying that. And I don't even think it's just like, oh, we have to say this and act like we've been here before. I I, I don't know if if that's gamesmanship. I don't know if, you know, because some of those guys know each other. Obviously, Alex Wood is there. Um, you know, Gabe Kapler was a former Dodger the whole bit. Uh, or Dodger uh, exec, but be that as it may, like for me, I'm I, like if if I'm sticking a pin in a series, it's that one, and I'm actually really stoked to 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 hopefully talk about it, assuming we don't have other guests. But that series is, I think, is going to be the biggest one of the season. Personally, I think this week is the beginning of of a very important month, of course. But you know, and we're not even in the next month. But I think this month is kind of the beginner of that because if they can go out and take two of three from both the Rockies and the, and the Padres, then they're on that right trajectory, especially against the Padres because they make ground in the division. But uh, but that Giants series I think is huge because if they can go in and and mind you, that Giants series is in San Francisco and that Braves series is in Los Angeles. So if 
if they can keep the Bravos kind of chilled and, and kind of do what they did to them in the NLCS, and then they go into San Francisco and try to take three of, of or two or three from the, uh, the forbidden enemy up North. That's a huge dub because then at that point, if the, if the race is as tight as it is right now, two and a half back, that means to take it back. So, or tie, you know, at that point, but regardless, that's a huge series to look forward to. And then because they go to St. Louis after that, who they also may face in the, in the postseason. So, I mean, for me, just, and again, just to bring it back to reality, I fully expect the Dodgers to take two or three from the Padres, two or three from the Rockies. I don't see how they don't. I just don't see how they don't. And the Padres, you're kind of getting the, you're kind of getting the Padres up against the ropes because they've not been playing great. Listen, the Phillies on paper are a good team. They're a good team on paper. They're not a good team anywhere else. <laughs> There's just no other way to put it. And the, and the Padres got punched in the mouth. They got punched in the mouth. And, and they're playing like a third-place team. They are. There's just no other way to put it. Now it's going to be interesting to see what happens when that third-place team comes, you know, comes face-to-face with the Dodgers. Because like you said, every time they play the Dodgers, they're a completely different team. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I say all of that that I just said with hyperbole. It's a long answer short. Yeah, I expect them to take two out of three, but it's a coin flip because the Padres, for some reason, whenever they, it comes to playing the, you know, the Dodgers, they they make it really, really hard. And I don't think anyone takes that for granted, but the Padres are also better than they are playing right now, if we're being 100% honest. Um, and so, they, I mean, they lost to the Rockies. Well, they didn't just lose to the Rockies. They got swept by the Rockies. And the Rockies aren't a very good team. So, you know, and even against the Diamondbacks, they got their asses kicked by the Diamondbacks except for one game out of four. So, you know, the, you know they're com- there's a, a dejected opponent coming, but we also have to remember we're going to their place. Well, no, I mean, I, I hear you. And I know we're going to be wrapping things up. So I just wanted real quick to get your opinion on those City Connect uh, jerseys that the okay. Dodgers were wearing this weekend. I like them. I don't like the pants. I'm not a fan of the pants being blue. The The only classy color that I like is the powder blue. So like the Royals, the Blue Jays, that stuff. But I like them. I, I, I actually like the hat and I couldn't get my hands on a hat. So anyone at Dodgers, if you can hear me, uh, I just added you on on the podcast, so you won't even see my Twitter. Just at Dodgers. Hey, I'm looking for a seven and three eights or seven and a half. That would be sick. I'll pay full price. But um, no, I like them. I I think it was well done. I think it was better than the stuff they did for Boston. The Boston stuff I didn't like it because the colors. I, I did this. The colors aren't Boston Red Sox colors. But um, but I think the way they went about this that's the right way to go about it. Like, you know how in the NBA, they have all the, the, the city jerseys as well. I, I, I am not a fan of like the Utah jazz one because it's orange or like it starts yellow and ends like a dark orange. It's no. the one with the different level colors. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Not a fan of that. Uh, I am a fan of all the ones that they did for like golden state, you know, cause they have the city stuff like that. That's what they should be doing. And I think the MLB and the Dodgers knocked it out of the park with this because obviously all the hats sold out. So that's how you know. Well, I mean, my thing, I, I mean, I do have a couple issues with it. I, I wish, Here we go. Here we go. I, I mean, honestly, it doesn't look that much different than the spring training jerseys, right? So I, I wish they would have a little deviated a little more than the traditional. 
Uh, I'm thinking in particular what the Marlins did with their jersey. The Marlins, I think, did a great job with their jersey, especially paying tribute to a historical aspect and also recognizing their community. For those who don't know, the Marlins jersey is a tribute to a Cuban baseball team. So it would have been nice to maybe to see the Dodgers pay tribute to the Choriceros that played in L.A. before the Dodgers came out there. Um, the big thing is this, and there, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this, and this is why I wanted to get your opinion on it. A lot of the complaints is when well, if you go with Los Dodgers, why didn't you go with Los Doyers? D O Y E R S. And it's interesting because I with with them putting Los Dodgers in front of there, they're obviously speaking to the Latino community. And we've had this conversation before, especially when we did the episode of Valenzuela. And I could be wrong. I don't know if this is, but to me, it feels like when I walk into that stadium, the majority of that stadium are Latinos and in particular Mexicans, Mexican-Americans. Someone had said, why didn't they go with those lawyers? And there was another person that chimed in in the conversation and said, So we're just going to acknowledge the Mexican-Americans and we're just going to ignore everyone else. So, I I mean, it's interesting to see that, you know, something like that would trigger a response. I I think, look, if it said Los Lawyers, I would have bought that jersey. I would have bought that jersey. Uh, I just think in terms of, if you're going to do this, I think maybe think outside of the box because, like I said, they don't they don't look that much different than the spring training uh, jerseys. I'm not. I I don't think they're hideous. I don't think they're like what you mentioned the Boston ones or the Giants. And the Giants one is just I I don't I don't know. I, I think someone might lose their job over that that jersey. Yeah, those Giants but ones are pretty bad. The the Giants ones are pretty bad. But yeah, I I, I would have. I would have loved them if they would have said Los Lawyers. Um, Los Dodgers, is, it, it's fine. But at the same time, I would have loved for them to, you know, pay tribute to the history in, in that area. And like I said, just off the top of my head, thinking of the Choriceros, it would have also informed the audience because I think a lot of people would have been like, why are they wearing the Choriceros? Who are the Choriceros? And it would have just paid again if the whole thing is about recognizing the city that they're playing in, that's a history that I don't feel a lot of people know. No, and that's fair. I mean, you know, the Miami ones are from the, uh, the, the, uh, I believe the team was called the, Sh- the Cuban sugar Kings from 1954 yes, yeah. to 1960. Uh, I, is that right? Am I, or yeah, no, no, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and so, I mean, you know, and there was some uh, like cookie cookie uh, Rojas, I believe was on that team. Um, so I get it. Like, I get it. You know, baseball is a game of history, integrity, the whole bit. I think the reason they went with it wasn't, you know, to disrespect anyone. It's literally, Hey, what do we got to do to get kids to buy our stuff? (laughs) And, (laughs) and that's where those collabs with like the born and raised and, you know, the, the, you know, the city connect stuff kind of comes into play to get kids to kind of like the stuff again, right. The hype beast stuff. I don't think it's anything more than that. But then again, everyone just kind of wants something to be pissed about now. I will say this. Have you seen the murals that they painted it? I I think that was fantastic. I think they they hit that out of the park. No, they hit that out of the park. 
Um, I also think where they, they did a good job is they kept it clean because the thing about like the Yankees and the Dodgers, it's the reason for those people that aren't aware, the reason they don't have an alternate Jersey is historically they want to keep just the gray and a white and that's it. Same with the Cubs and the Cubs are one of those teams that on the fringes has a couple other jerseys. That's about it. That That's why I was cool with it because it's like, okay, that's a nice clean look to keep it with the clean look. And so I, I thought that it was well done again. My only beef literally is I'm not a fan of the blue pants. That's it. Outside of that, I think they did a great job. Uh, obviously the hats are sold out because I mean, anytime that they add anything lost, I'm, I'm probably going to buy it. If I'm honest with you. If they do Los Dodgers, probably going to buy it. If they do Los Clayton Kershaw, I'll probably buy that. That's just how much of a tool I am, I guess. But I I still think they did a good job. I'm not going to sit here and harp on it because, well, why? <laughs> they did a good job. I, I guess if there's one criticism, I wish that they would have done a collaboration with the Lakers officially. And what I mean by that is where like an actual Lake, like you've seen all these hats, right? Yeah. Do a jersey with the Lakers for Lakers night. Well, they did do a shirt today. Right. They did the shirt, but I'm saying like to commemorate, like how hockey does it. Yeah. How hockey does it with the, you know, the Kings. Yeah, do it with the Dodgers. Yeah. yeah. They should do the same thing. And so, and, and actually wear it in a game. Uh, because I will say the I guess like the one boomer thing that I guess I will say for lack of a better term, I'm not a huge fan of some of those throwback jerseys. I'm not, or uniforms. Like the ones that they wore at the field of dreams game, like they were kind of cool, but that's fitting. But like, if you show up on a Tuesday to like Comerica Park and everyone's wearing their throwbacks, I'm sometimes not a fan of this. And I would absolutely hate to play in some of those because they're just 100 percent cotton. Outside yeah. of that, though, like, and some of those White Sox jerseys or uniforms were terrible. Like, what were they thinking? The shorts? Yeah, the the White Sox have a history of just some pretty bad uniforms. Yeah, the shorts. Like, what? Who thought? Hey, yeah, we'll make baseball shorts and have these guys slide. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. But I know, I mean, I I will, Hey, you know, MLB did a good job. And by the way, we didn't talk about it, but we'll end it with this. MLB did such a good job with the field of dreams thing. Such a good job that I'm actually going to give Rob Manfred credit for doing a good job. Granted, I'm sure he hired hired someone to, to do all that stuff, but MLB did a fantastic job to get eyes on that game. Kudos to them. Because I know they've been trying to find a way with all these like black eyes, you know, the blackouts, Trevor Bauer, all this other stuff. And they finally hit something out of the park in the field of dreams. They handled that so well. Kudos to them. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but that was really cool. And I want to go to a game. That I, I did watch it. And I think it was the highest rated game that they've had in years. Years. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I, to me, it was fine. I actually, what I would have enjoyed is if they didn't have a fence and those guys were running into the cornfield on, on tribal. <laughs> Cause there was one thing I got to tell you, I was texting my buddies and I was like, that is that field small? Because those guys were hitting rockets. That home run that Tim Anderson hit in the bottom of the ninth that was a bomb. Was a, was a bomb. And then judge hit one to right field. So I don't know if maybe the ball was just carrying to right field that night, but it looked like these guys were playing in a bandbox. But no, I, I think, yeah, I think it was a fun event. Um, I, I think I know they announced that next year the Cubs and the Reds are going to be playing in that game. I, I do feel that there has to be teams with a long history. I think they should be playing in that game. I know there was a lot of talk about having the Dodgers and the Giants play 
in that game next year and having them wear the Brooklyn and the New York Giants uh, jerseys. Which would have been cool. It just would have been a logistical nightmare. Yeah. I mean, it, it is interesting that they keep picking Chicago teams so far. Just because of the proximity uh, for Chicago and and Iowa, but look, Dodger fans will travel. You know that, so you put the Dodgers in that game, you're still gonna sell. So yeah, no, it, it was a fun event. Like I said, I I'm half joking, but part of me is just kind of interested if there was no fence to see guys running into corn stalks out there. But I I get it. You want to for the competitive what's the word i'm looking for there alonzo competitive uh, balance fair play yeah you should have the same dimensions pretty much for everything but no that that was it was a fun night and i i, I did enjoy it and i'm i i would just like to see teams that have history like the dodgers the giants the yankees the red Sox, the tigers you know those older teams um i think that would be fun that's fair I just would have thought it would have been hilarious to see Aaron Judge, who's taller than all of those corn stalks, just see the top of his head as he eats shit trying I mean, to catch a ball. Tell me about it. He f- goes, he goes into it, and then he comes out of the corn stalks with the ball in his glove. I hey mean, guys, what, I got it. I got what it. Dra- what a dramatic moment, right? That, and then he's taller than the corn stalks. So I mean, you, that just would have been you to see his arm just like carrying the look. Imagine that visual: just his arm carrying the ball, saying, "I caught exactly." No, you know what? Hey, kudos to you, MLB. Uh, uh, you did a good job. Uh, but Rob Manfred will still never join us here, and we're okay with that. <laughs> We've accepted that. But on that note, if you haven't listened to our uh, conversation with Ned Coletti from last week, please go give it a listen. The reason I'm going to say that, I feel like I've said this a couple times, but I feel like that might actually be the best interview that we've done so far. And, that, and that's not even hyping each other up. It's because we didn't really even talk. It was just Ned. And, <laughs> and I like... Ned is just such a good storyteller that I think everyone, he's one of those baseball lifers. And I said this to him, he's one of those baseball lifers that I think everyone should hear from, right? There was Lasorda and I think Coletti's up there too. So if you get a chance, if you haven't go listen to that episode, then come back and listen to this. If you're already here, if you skipped ahead or whatever, but please write a review. If you can subscribe, rate us, all that jazz. We really appreciate it because if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have the likes of Medical Lady joining us. So thank you again to everyone for the support. Roger's out on assignment, so hopefully we can catch up with him next week. But on that note, stay safe. Dodgers will go three and uh, I'm sorry. They will go uh, 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 I'm doing my math wrong because I'm so tired. They're playing six games next week. Thank you, sir. So they're going to go five, no, four and two. Four and two. two. I got them at four and two, too. Yes. Math is hard when you're tired. So don't do math (laughs) when you're exhausted like I am. But on that note, thank you very much for joining us. We will catch you next week. Stay safe and go Dodgers. And uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, we can get MLB to join us on a petition for a fenceless Field of Dreams game. They won't, but we can try. But on that note, thank you guys. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.